वाइन स्टूडियो What's been interesting for me with the shorter episodes is that it gives you the opportunity to give people a, a small piece of information in a compact period of time, so they're not committing to forty minutes to an hour, and that I think is really good. And so it's been great in terms of traction. Also gives great shareability, right? People will share that, which great insight for them to have. Hooks them onto the larger episode later on if they want to. Hello and welcome back to Podcast Unfiltered, a podcast about creating podcasts and amazing podcasters. I'm your host Vijay Gautam. For the past four years, I have had the opportunity to produce tons of shows and learn from some of the most amazing creators of the country. Podcast Unfiltered is my attempt to give you a sneak peek into the creative process of some of the most iconic podcasters of the country and bring forth insights that's shaping the podcast industry in India today. In this episode we are going to look at podcasting in a bit non-conventional way. What do I mean by that is we are going to explore how podcasters can look at tapping into other existing mediums to distribute the same piece of content. For instance, you can video record while you are podcasting and post it on your YouTube channel. We also spend a fair amount of time discussing how the content and format of the show evolves after a few years of doing it. How you should be thinking about experimenting with the different formats within your podcast. If you do an interview-based podcast, how about starting with a solo format and vice versa? and how it impacts your listeners to discuss all of this i'm joined by varun dugirala varun hosts a fairly popular show called advertising is dead where he talks about the developments and disruptions in the business of advertising media content and entertainment he recently started a new show mostly in personal development called the varun duggi show he is the co-founder of a marketing communications company the glitch There's a lot we all can learn from Varun's experience of interviewing over 120 people on his shows. Let's get started. Varun, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to chat. Got introduced to your work a year back, one and a half years back, when you started your podcast with IBM, obviously, and uh, and since then I've been kind of observing the work and the way you know we've evolved as a podcaster from doing the interview-based podcast to now doing on marketing and adver- advertising to now doing a podcast more on the personal development, which is the Varun Duki Show, which we'll talk yeah. about that. So you are at 120 episodes of your show, Advertising Is Dead, and 25, 26 episodes of Varun Duki Show, right? Mm. Um so my question to you is how have you evolved as a conversationalist uh you know in this 120 episodes that you have done this far primarily because I've always liked to have conversations and I realized that podcasting brought that back as a kid I was always that kid who would go and talk to random people you know that's what kids are not supposed to do I was that person who would try to make conversation with anybody I would meet right, in a train or at someone's house or something like that and For me it's actually been an interesting journey of kind of rediscovering my own love for conversations and what I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. The evolution's been I mean for me as a podcast what's been good is that I've looked at it as saying I give myself micro targets. So first 25 episodes was like okay can I even do this or will I even do this long term? Most people who know me from before podcasting will tell you that my commitment to certain things can go away very easily because I tend to zone out of things. 
um luckily did mm-hmm. zone out of this but i kept changing stuff around kept trying to evolve the content kept the curiosity alive and so whenever i kind of felt like i was plateauing like i kept trying to find newer topics right so while we started off with advertising and marketing we kind of scale that up now to saying um what's happening in the d2c space what's happening in the creator economy overall business space so kept evolving the show and that's what's helped me also evolve as a conversationalist because it's also keeping me curious to know more things whereas if you're talking about the same thing week on week i think at some point you start to get bored of it which i've thankfully not had to and also mm-hmm. why i evolved to other podcasting formats etc because i realized that i'm curious about a lot of things not all of them are business so that's how i've been able to keep myself evolving yeah absolutely and i can relate to you know when i started my own show it was more of like me following my own curiosity than anything else right so yeah. every single time that i'm curious about something i want to learn something then i'll try and go and find the best person whom i can find and bring on the show and then just have the conversation about all the stupid dumb questions that i want to ask and it so happens that you know the people who are listening to that also kind of find that interesting and is a conversationalist what i have realized is and obviously you know for me my journey is totally different because you put me on the stage i'm very comfortable like i can talk you know in front of so many people and if you put me one on one with people and just ask them like just have conversation with the person like i find it extremely extremely difficult unless mm-hmm. it is about certain topic right i mean not one of those natural conversationalists who can just talk about things and i'm one of those people mm-hmm. uh, who would at best talk about weather and maybe traffic and stuff like that this and that and then yeah. i i run out of topics to just have conversation right so from being that and then here i am saying that i'm going to do a podcast and uh, it started was like i would have just 10 questions i would read them and uh, it's done and uh, now when i go back and listen to some of those episodes and i realize oh my god that guy said that you know there are three things uncertain things that he wanted to but he just ended up explaining one what about the mm-hmm. other two and mm-hmm. i'm sure like my audience would have the same kind of questions as well but i never bothered to say hey what are the other two that you mentioned right so yeah. and from there to kind of trying to will add into the conversation and mm-hmm. you know bring my own perspective and trying to dig deeper more from the perspective that like i just don't know if i have anything that i can even add to the conversation right or yeah. maybe what if i sound like a really dumb stupid guy you know in front of this like really talented guy or an expert whom i'm having conversation with right and also i have realized that over the period of time my audience has evolved with me like i can't yeah. now go and do the same kind of conversations four years back on my show because they are constantly looking at learning for the new thing right so how has your content uh, evolved over the period of time right from the content standpoint have you got wider narrower how has the content evolution been like so i actually have to thank my uh, early career in television for how i program my show i learned uh, spent my early years in uh, working in channel v and mtv and and what i would remember about how they would look at things was that okay it's not just about what you program in each episode it's about saying what comes after what so what i always try to do is that okay someone should not get the same kind of content over like one two episodes right should get one which is about one direction the other one should get something else so the audience also feels like okay, i'm getting something fresh every time mm. that's how i've really been able to evolve that and many times i i'd even end up recording a few on thing once again i don't want to keep this back to back they they're still kind of close enough so let's move that one a little ahead and Mm. and that has constantly kept me evolving the kind of content right so sometimes i would say okay i haven't spoken to a creator in a while let's bring a creator in or say okay let's go a little deep onto a subject and the trick i've used sometimes which has worked is that you get a really popular guest mm. and those chats are great they sometimes go very wide and they go into random directions but if you follow mm. up a, a popular name with a really deep specialized guest people kind of seep into that so they've heard that episode so the next episode they automatically many times listen to it so 
the person who they might not know, but they can learn a lot from about something which is not necessarily mainstream. So I, I've tried some of those tricks and those have worked. And, uh, but largely kind of stick to keeping it different. And um, I like the fact that you mentioned about the questions, right? So I've only done questions once. That's the one episode I want to redo. Although a lot of people like it, right? Just my chat with Ronnie Skruvala, where I was very nervous. It was very early on my yeah. podcasting career. And I was like, if first time I'm going to write questions, I have half an hour with him. Let me do this right. And I went to focus on the questions and didn't really focus as much on how to flow, like the way he was flowing. I would want to really redo that conversation at some point in time in the future, primarily because I want to have a natural conversation, right? So what I actually do is I just scribble. I never do questions. Mm. Um, I scribble pointers. Sometimes don't even refer to those pointers. I just kind of stay away from them in that sense of the word. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's about just like kind of going in from a curious point of view and saying, I want to come in almost as one of my audience who might not know as much about a certain topic or might want to know and just get that curiosity in and say, okay, I don't know. What can you tell me about it? I've realized that going in that way, at least doesn't make you seem dumb. It just makes you seem like you're curious like everybody else. So I think that's a good hack yeah. that I've been able to use. Yeah. And also like some of the cases, like because a lot of concepts that I kind of bring on the show that I have never been exposed to those concepts. And like I am as rookie as everyone, you know, who might be listening to it. Like I really run out of, I, I kind of get to that date and like, I just don't know what to add here. And then, you know, just move to another and another and that. That also happened often even today, right? So, and I kind of agree with what you have said with the, you know, mixing the popular and, you know, the people with the insights and the people who are very popular, mm. um, not necessarily are always the people, you know, who would give you a deep, yeah. you know, insights that people want to value. And the reason for that is because the story is already out there, right? So yeah. because everyone, because these people have interviewed a hundred podcasts and, you know, TV yeah. shows and all the other things, but you know, that really helps you kind of get those eyeballs on a podcast. So usually the ratio that I kind of try to maintain is one is to four, where like in a month I get one big shot whenever it's possible. And then, you know, that is followed by three other episodes which are deeper and the people who are expert, absolute domain experts in there. When you are thinking about like bringing the guests on your show, what is your approach? Do you first think about, hey, these are the topics which I want to at some point of time talk about on my podcast and then go and find the person or first you find the guest and then figure out, okay, now, uh, you know, the person has said, I uh, figure out what is it that I'm going to have conversation with this person. Mine's actually been interestingly organic, right? Never really stuck to a plan. Um, initially, I would just kind of reach out to people I, I knew who I thought would be good guests. Also kind of let myself come into the whole process easier because at least somewhere met people outside. But I'd say that at least for the last about 70, 80 odd episodes, uh, what I've really done is to say that, okay, these are areas I want to talk about. Sometimes go look for a guest, sometimes ask someone saying who would be a good person to bring on for this. And yeah. over time, what's really helped me at least is a lot of the internal comms teams for companies, etc. They've kind of reached out. So we would love to talk about this. And so you'll have a few of those reach out. You'll have a few you will kind of get in as references from the audience. I've had audience writing saying, why did you get this person on it? And I'm like, I don't know how mm. to get in touch with them. They're like, no, we'll figure it out for you. Um, I've had some really helpful uh, audience members who have connected me with people because they really wanted them on the podcast. So mm. I'm like, uh, if you guys can do that, I'd love to talk to them. So it's been a mix of that. I've sometimes just dropped someone a message and uh, and I've been surprised when some of them listen to the podcast as well. Yeah. So my question was more on the from the side of like, you know, how do you kind of decide whether to bring someone or not? Not from the like, you know, approach standpoint, mm. but from the point of like, first you find the guest and figure out, okay, you know, first I'll approach this guy. And if he says yes, then, you know, maybe I'll figure out what to talk about or... Yeah. You say like, okay, I have this 10 different topics which I want to talk about on my podcast. 
yeah. uh, you know who is the person that i can probably bring in like mm. it was more on okay um what i do there is i kind of look at saying okay will this person have enough to talk about uh for mm. about 40 minutes um which is the minimum amount to stick to right will they have as much information um i run through some of the stuff which they have done in other you know even even if it's like one or two interviews um, try to find some clips of them see how they are that way um but i also kind of by gut in many cases i look at especially when dealing with a lot of startups because they ask so many startups right so sometimes you get two to three in the same area and you like one second which one should i really pursue and you kind of look at it check on this person seems to have more layers because i think in podcast people just don't want information they want to know the human side so if mm-hmm. i have a founder who has more layers as a personal experience that's led to them building the company then i look at that very you know i think that's an interesting one because that's a great story to tell as well yeah. but uh, i actually do a lot of pre chats so i do pre chats with almost i would say about 70% of the people who i kind of thinking of getting on the podcast so i just do like a 15 minute call um we just jam about it and then i kind of tell them that okay, I'll, i'll kind of get back to you guys as to when we could do and in most cases i do because i've realized that everybody has a story to tell it's just that mm. when do you want to bring them on the podcast has been my question rather than when not so i very rarely said no at sometimes you just get a reach out and you like doesn't make sense in some cases yeah. um people say no where you really want to get them which for me has been uh more interesting because i've actually had like because a lot of people like find it really difficult to like you know say no and it, and you know not responding is not like really you know good thing to do and what do you usually say sometimes i use excuses um but most times i kind of turn around and say that right now i don't think we'll get them on as a guest thankfully there's most times if you're dealing with corporate guests you have a communications team in between you're not talking straight mm. to them um so you explain to them saying guys okay maybe not right now we'll look at this maybe down the line or right now this profile doesn't fit into where we're you know programming the show uh, we can look at it maybe a few months down the line so i always believe that you should never say never yeah. i would just rather say not right now um, and that kind yeah. of keeps it open and and i think people understand that part of it but uh, i got some interesting knows from the other side which have been in, like i've had uh, people from agencies who didn't want to come on um, the podcast cuz it's called advertising is dead and they took offense by the name um mm. and i was like it's a joke it's a, i mean i but yes i've had that as well happen so yeah i guess they're all kinds yeah and i think it's interesting that you know the other thing that you mentioned was uh, finding that balance and you know deciding what to pick from the person right uh and this happens a lot with the uh, you know uh, my show because when i started the show was you know supposed to be most about the journeys right because i thought like i'm just going to bring the you know talk about their journeys mm. and then at some point i also realized that you know you know some of the people that i've kind of interviewed on the show and then i realized oh you know what this person's expertise what was more interesting than the journey because they don't mm. have much layers as you mentioned on their journey but there is a lot that i can explore on the you know wisdom and the insights that they have right if i just yeah. say that i'm just going to do journey then you know you are never going to bring the wisdom and insights from this guest and then i'm like now it's almost that right so when i'm kind of doing the pre chat and now i've started doing pre chat like i've started also getting on a call because after recording i had to say no to bunch of conversations and sometime you know my guest also it has happened like my guest realized that oh you know what all the questions that you asked were crap Mm. and that has happened as well so you know it's either way but yeah i mean i've realized like okay first i figure out like which one do i want to i want to do like more of a journey for this episode or i want to mm. do more of inside of this person and i like just focus on that one thing and try not to kind of mix as much as possible there right so varun when it comes to interview based podcast right there is this concept that sri raman from awas.com kind of shared with me where he says you know when we are producing interview based shows we just 
try to ensure that for my audience and mm-hmm. he introduced me to the concept called IPM which is insights per minute like what is the insight that my audience is getting per minute from this mm-hmm. interview or the conversation that i'm interviewing and the similar kind of concept is uh, also something that you know bloomberg of uh, you know gimlet media he also talks about like you know we try and figure out something that's new that's happening on the conversation or the you know show that generally whether it's a conversation or that every 90 we try to you know put something in there to just keep the audience hooked and engaged there right so is there anything that you have kind of tried and experimented to you know keep the audience engaged on your show maybe on the playing with the formats or in anything generally there are a few things i've tried i can i keep trying stuff out because i keep looking at the data so what i try to do is look at the data for each episode and see what i can learn right uh, how long have people stuck on at which point have they dropped off this things like that early on i would not script my intros and i would just ramble on for a couple of minutes and i realized that was letting people drop off because they were just waiting for the conversation and just hearing me rambling on um so i started scripting and making them tighter right? so my intros are now like uh, never longer than a minute uh, you're going to get mm-hmm. into the conversation quite quickly one interesting insight i've had which i've been using as much as possible and sometimes it's not possible i never speak about a certain topic with a guest for more than about 7 to 8 minutes um, at a stretch because i've realized that whenever it goes beyond that you know 6 7 minute barrier people start to drop off because they feel like it's the same thing going on um mm. so i try to skip it and kind of come back to it if i need to at a later time so that's really helped me in in general like i know the fact that my retention rate has its small percentages but i still kind of feel it makes it a lot more compact in that sense of the word but one of my favorite things to do is actually you mentioned subject matter and journey right my tendency has been and that's something i've been thinking about a lot is my tendency is always to get the subject matter out of the way in the beginning so i'll spend the mm. first 20 minutes of the conversation focused on subject matter mm. i also feel subject matter is an easier thing for most guests to come in especially on a, on a podcast like advertising is dead because you're coming in with the focus on the expertise if you yeah. take 20 minutes in then you're more relaxed in the conversation that's when i start asking them about okay how you know stuff they were as kids or early professionals mm. and stuff like that so i wait for them to open up and then kind of come into it and, and that's work but i've also been told that at sometimes that it feels very makes the show very predictable that people can skip ahead to let's say 20 minutes in because you know that's where the life stories will start but i mean that's i've realized that especially with corporate professionals right to ease them in out of the traditional journalistic interview mindset because i think a lot of them have been through those right they have yeah. ten questions they ask those things straight up so even those i let it be easy and like relaxed like right? so always start off my first question is generally about the broader picture i'm not going very specialized so that gives them the opportunity to speak for a few minutes they ease into it i've also let some guests switch their camera off who been nervous mm. to be on camera and i'm like just let's switch it off let's, let's do an audio only episode and and they've been very happy to do that and it's made it more relaxed as well so i've had a bunch mm. of really senior people who are much more relaxed and happy to do a podcast because they didn't have the camera on and just made it easy for yeah so are there any hacks when it comes to pulling out the stories right because especially with the people who are popular because they mm. have been asked the same kind of questions so many times and it's almost like they have it scripted on their head like right? and they're just going to give you the same information you know they are not going to give you anything else even if you want to pull off the information right so and for me like just looking closely at the stories that they have you know shared publicly and maybe finding that one thread where i can probably pull in and you know just push them a little so that they can go deeper and share something and they're like ah i was never asked that question mm. or you know sometimes straight up asking them in the beginning itself like hey what is it that you have never shared to share in this conversation and you know often yeah. they often times they say that hey you know what i really want to talk about this story but nobody has asked me before sometimes they give me that simple thing has kind of helped straight up asking them in the beginning or just looking closely at what they have already shared and finding that one thread and sharing that part of story which they would anyway share 
yeah. is a context right hey you know what this this, this happened you know to you and, and then you know just pull that one way and that has really helped me kind of get some stuff which otherwise they wouldn't have shared like is there anything like that that you kind of try which might have helped you my last set of questions are generally the most relaxed for my guests because I ask them the same questions every episode right um one of the questions which i i started doing i think around 2025 episodes you know a little later was i asked them what is that one thing which they really into which most people don't know about mm-hmm. and it's got me some of the most interesting answers i got like for instance someone who was a award winning gardener somebody else who was really into art very interesting things come out of each person um like someone i didn't even know uh, a recent guest was really into cricket and uh, his brother played for state and he almost played for state and he spoke about cricket a lot i'm like i, I wouldn't have expected that something that person was into so that comes in but um, in general what i try to do is try to find a different angle to ask him the same question so like i had anupama mm. chopra on uh, on the varun dugi show recently and, and most people ask her about the process of doing a review and i had to obviously ask her that but my way of asking her was that most people believe that doing a review is very easy to do mm. but what you are actually doing is taking one for the team because you are watching all the movies and the shows that we should not ideally watch and telling us mm. please don't watch it so i mean that obviously made her laugh and then then she took it from there um, so many times the answers might be similar but just sometimes the way you ask it makes them kind of respond in a totally different way so you yeah. can't evade some of those things but uh, i think everybody has asking them about how they were when they were younger or as kids or asking them about um did they think that this is what they would do when when they were starting off just just some of those things no matter how recurring those questions are i know always brings out some something really nice from guests yeah absolutely so now uh, you know talking about the formats right mm-hmm. uh, so when you started advertising is dead it was mostly the interview podcast and then you know recently you launched barundoki show which is more, mostly in the personal transformation this motivational inspiration stuff right yeah. have you seen kind of moving to the shorter episodes um, yeah. people being more receptive or you know was that more thought i also want to share with my audience which you yeah. know people can maybe you know they might find relevant and also it's it's a bit tighter right what's been your experience of like kind of doing these different formats so i have actually always loved to try different formats in my career as uh, when i worked in video and all that stuff right early on so i've always been trying to do different things even with advertising is dead i remember i've tried at least 3 to 4 different formats of trying to do ama episodes i still don't have a perfected one still try different because i always feel that ama episodes are great but how do you not make it seem question answer question answer um and yeah. i don't i haven't cracked that one yet um but what's been interesting for me with the shorter episodes is that it gives you the opportunity to give people a, a small piece of information in a compact period of time so they're not committing to 40 minutes to an hour and that i think mm-hmm. is really good and so it's been great in terms of traction also gives great shareability right people will share that with great insight for them to have hooks them onto the larger episode later on if they want to so that's definitely been great it's really pushed it out and what actually pushed me towards that was two things uh, one is i listen to a few podcasts which are very short and i enjoy just having them around so whenever i have like 5 10 minutes and i want to instead of watching a video on youtube i end up listening to like a 3 minute podcast right so mm-hmm. that's what pushed me over and also on the other end i i started to make shorter clips of the uh, of the regular podcast as well and putting them online and i realized that that's actually led people to come in and listen to the longer episode so like i i would put up a clip and someone's like oh uh, when is this episode coming out and i'm like it came out last august and so i'd send them the link so it's actually helped your listenership for older episodes as well and, and i realized that it's great to have both options mm. and sometimes it's good to have a small insight and sometimes to have a longer conversation which has many insights because what people kind of i feel that time tagging will really help that and having the ability to put chapters in podcast will help that 
is that they want to come to a, a singular insight and not really go through the entire conversation sometimes to go through it. I mean, they, we are all impatient as people. So the short ones really work. Um, also makes it simpler to create. I, I literally create that at a fraction of the time and effort that it takes mm. to make the longer form episodes. So sometimes you kind of feel like, do I just do shorter episodes and not do the long ones as much? It's honestly, I thought this crossed my mind a lot lately. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because you can kind of put it into the conversation and like kind of just have a bullet pointers on the things that you want to talk and, you know, you can just go ahead and talk it because you don't have to be super, super professional yeah. and, you know, just don't have th- that kind of pressure when mm-hmm. doing, the, doing these shorter episodes. So now you are kind of diversifying the podcast content and, you know, looking at it a little differently than what a lot of people are thinking. Like, you know, podcasts just distributing them as an audio one the uh, kind of a format to now, you know, you are kind of using the same piece of content and adapting it for the different medium and, you know, also doing the YouTube as well. So was that a conscious thought to kind of make a podcast and think of it outside just of the audio distribution? Yeah, so I actually, um, thought first came to me. It's, it's been in my head for a while, but um, I was trying to figure the right framework to put it under and I'm still working on it. So I always try to iterate. So I'm still iterating. But the idea was to say, like, how many channels of distribution can you build as a creator? So it started off with one podcast. Then I was like, when can I do another one? So there are two channels, two different kinds of audiences. Some overlap. A lot of times the audiences don't overlap. I also do a newsletter, which has an audio version. So that goes to, you know, over a, like a, and it's a small number, right? You get a thousand people out who subscribe. And so those people listen to it every week, as well as some people who read it. So I look at the data, I look at how that's going on. So I've been trying to just kind of diversify the audience and give them different things. And that's what's really pushed me to trying a YouTube because I know that makes it searchable in a, in a much better way than, let's say, podcast searches, right? It's almost the difference between doing a blog versus doing something on a social network. So I've been trying that out, but largely my point is that okay, there are certain content buckets that I, as a creator, want to focus on. So obviously there is a changing world of business that's focused, very focused on personal development and in that space and just learning to kind of build personal development. So that's another, I have thoughts on how you need to be as a parent. So at some point I have that in, in, in my head. And I have an audience member who says, okay, why do you do it in Telugu? Cause that's your native uh, tongue. And I'm like, I have all of these to focus on, but I'll get to languages eventually. So the idea is just kind of build that, build as many channels of distribution as you can and keep supplying the content to the audience. And that will teach you what's working, what's not working, but constantly keep trying stuff. And that's what I've been doing. I just had to come down to saying how much time can I really commit to it? Um, which is why I kind of go up and down with the amount of content because sometimes your, you know, your, your mind wants to do all these things, but it just doesn't have the the ability to. So, um, yeah, so that's really been the thought process. And I, I, it's been interesting because it's taught me a lot of things about the audience themselves. And also I've noticed like you have uh, kind of on your YouTube, you know, started putting a little bit of a short version of the interview, maybe usually a day before the actual release of the episode so that, yeah. you know, you kind of get the traction and then put out the, you know, full episode the other day, right? So, and also like, you know, if you look at the Joey Rogan kind of a thing, like where, you know, there are just the clips that, that yeah. goes there and they usually have way more views than the actual episode itself because then I think it's because, the you know, YouTube is a platform where people prefer just looking at those segments, the things that they are interested in. And as you said, right, chapter kind of helps there. But also, like, obviously it's too early for you maybe to say from your own YouTube kind of thing, but from your experience of seeing other people doing this and maybe while you were planning and researching to kind of take this into video and do the shorter kind of a clip. Have you also seen like people going from YouTube after, you know, just consuming that short clip and saying that, oh, you know what, this sounds really interesting. Maybe I just want to 
go and check out the full episode and then is that a significant number it doesn't really happen as much on the varun dugi show because i put, put the full episode video as well over there um with advertising mm-hmm. is dead it's actually helped a lot because i've been putting up clips from older episodes and that's pushed people to listen to them so it's actually increasing numbers of episodes in general uh, so clips are great i think clips really help because they make it searchable so you look at you know what are the keywords in in a certain clip and what you've spoken about and you keep it there so because someone who's even searching for something on google um, might end up getting that youtube clip right be able to do that so that's really kind of helped because i've seen the numbers scale up i've seen a, a, a decent increase in the number of listens not just from new episodes but from older ones as well yeah. um but uh, what i've also been trying and i don't have a success parameters i don't just put it on youtube i also put it on instagram that gets a lot of uh, views as well on igtv i think it's it's good to have the shorter ones everywhere I'm still half and half about do people really want to watch an entire podcast uh, in video on or YouTube. not? Yeah, um, but I also know that a lot of people list, like literally just play the video on YouTube and just walk around, right? So they don't necessarily watch the video. So um, because I do that, uh, it's it's a habit I have I had for a while. So yeah, it's just making it available, I guess, and and just kind of thing. But the short ones are a great idea if you just want to keep building discovery. I think short clips are a great way to go. Yeah, and I think like to the point that you made, right? You know, people just consuming on the YouTube. Like, I have been posting the, you know, just the audio version. Now, you know, I intend to also put the video version uh, on the YouTube as well. But what I have realized is, like, you know, not all of your episodes will have like some really good view because it's just like audio at the end of the day with just the static images. People consuming on the YouTube, but some of them do like have fifty thousand, twenty thousand people listening to one episode, and like. you know that's where maybe the discovery of the podcast kind of yeah. happens and that kind of help you but it, as you mentioned right you know it's always good to kind of pick what are the channels where you want to push this off with pushing it off and you know you never know what kind of clicks for audience and you know which mm-hmm. kind of might get those numbers for you so from the you know marketer's point of view because you know you yourself are a marketer and been in the advertising uh space so one of the things that you know we often see people are interested in uh from the marketing point of view or maybe sponsoring or you know often podcasts get compared with the number of views and number of likes and stuff like that yeah. uh you know that the youtube channels and even the instagram do get while if if you really think about the microseconds that people spend in just you know watching that one instagram post or yeah. maybe a few minutes just in youtube to watch the video um so uh, what are the kind of metrics that you look uh, now is an advertising and marketing person on the mm-hmm. podcast you know what is it that do you look as a advertising and marketing person so there are a few things right uh, one is that um, which is i think niche podcasts are great um because if you have a captive audience in a specific area it really helps as um for a marketer to kind of come in so okay one second i am focused on let's say personal finance you have a personal finance podcast you know easy bet for me to kind of come in and work with you or, or any of that sort so it like for me for instance it's been it's been interesting the kind of sponsors we kind of been be able to bring on because um they see value in the kind of audience that you have uh, a large part of the audience are young very career focused uh, in terms of trying to find what to do etc and all that stuff so that's been a good way to kind of bring someone in but i feel what's also good is to kind of learn retention rate as a core metric and i honestly thankfully because of being a podcaster been able to turn to brands and say don't look at the numbers only look at the retention rate and that's really been able to change their perception of it but one key thing i tell all podcast creator which i think has really helped is that if the host also has a strong following outside of the podcast it generally just helps kind of get into a, you know a wider space because you know just like in your twitter you know instagram linkedin following is a certain number if you are getting on a brand as a sponsor you kind of you know all that stuff 
you're then showing wider spread in terms of what's really happening over there. And that's really the way I, I think all marketers are looking, right? They're looking at saying, if I kind of tie up with this one podcast, is it A, giving me the right kind of audience, which in many cases, if it's focused, then you are getting. Does it hold an audience long enough? And also, how do you seamlessly become a part of the conversation? I mean, there are obviously straight up ads that kind of come in between, which is the standard format. But I'm seeing more and more brands slowly opening up to the way saying, okay, how can we almost be a part of the narrative and kind of yeah. sit on top of that? And that's a, that's a very early phase right now, I feel, in India. But uh, I'm seeing that being a very interesting uh, way to use, uh, apart from also doing, let's say, you do an entire series as a branded content piece. Yeah, so generally speaking, because uh, you have been in the marketing and the advertising, you pretty much are in that ecosystem. Also in the podcasting ecosystem, what's mm-hmm. generally usually the conversation like? Are they open in experimenting or they are still like skeptical mm-hmm. about ads or maybe just even putting money on the podcast? I'm sure like, you know, a lot of brands in India right now do not even have, you know, podcast budget. There is nothing like that. I don't think there is, right? So what's the general pulse uh, as of now? It's still very low, to be honest. Um, I feel that most brands still don't look at it as a core focus area. Um, I think they look at it as more as a part of an overall media budget, which is where it goes to. So is it eating in a little bit into the radio side of the budget? I think it is slowly because I think the, the idea was to educate media planners and media agencies a lot more than the brand. So you start getting plugged into those budgets. But beyond that, it's also started from, I'd say, brands who are, are let's say, global and they've done this globally as well. And they want to kind of show that as a case. So we're in that uh, innovation budget category, uh, if you want mm-hmm. to call it. Right? The, the innovation budget is is really the the space to kind of call it because um, um, that's where digital was, let's say 10 years ago, where the social yeah. media budget was in your uh, your innovation budget. So that's where podcasting is right now. So the conversation is generally that about educating them about how this can be helpful, um, how yeah. this can kind of go. Also explain that the cost the costs are much much lower than what yeah. uh, you will end up spending on let's say an influencer or on a video piece and all that stuff. So um, that's how it's going to going. But if you ask me, compared to from last year to this year, then it's it's been a drastic change just in terms of awareness of what can actually happen. And I think it's also because like a lot of people who are consuming the podcast uh, are also a lot of you know these folks who are brand managers or the people who are leading the marketing of the companies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And and also it has been the case where we kind of interacted with the brands, it has been much easier for us to convince the person to even consider this as something like when if the person is, you know, listener of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And on the other hand, like, you know, where the person is sold to the idea of the show where they know that it's such a great fit with the vibe of our social media messaging that we do and the vibe of the show that is there. But again, you know, because they are not the podcast listeners, they just don't understand the power of engagement that the podcast, they kind of go into the unit economics saying that, hey, what is going to be the impression like? And that's just like, oh, you know what? I do 30 pesa or 40 pesa on Instagram. I'm willing to maybe do 60, 70 for the podcast. And, you know, and that has happened. And also, I think it's it's also about the, depends on like if the person is kind of listener of the podcast or not. No, it definitely does. I, I, I feel that it's good that there are more and more brand managers coming on podcasts as guests. Uh, and I feel that actually builds more awareness into what they can actually yeah. do. We also enjoy it. And uh, what's also happening, I guess, is that as podcasts start venturing a lot more towards the video side of things as well, and I'm seeing that all yeah. platforms are now focusing on video as a core part of it, right? Yeah. That also makes it easier because then you're literally showing it as a replacement for a conversation piece of content. So is any interview-based piece um, or any form of content which is a vlog now a podcast? It can be, right? As long as you can get all the information in the audio form as well, 
if required. So I feel that those lines merging are kind of also helping as well because people aren't looking at it as separate things that with all these, what is a YouTube show? What is a podcast? Somehow is becoming the same thing. So uh, I think that also kind of helps. Absolutely. So how do you see podcasts as a medium evolving in next uh, few years? Uh, and especially with the social audio apps like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces uh, and what's going to be the impact of those, you know, in your view? I'm actually looking at that very keenly, right? Uh, it's taking away mm-hmm. one big piece that I feel has been one barrier of entry because people kind of still feel, okay, I need to figure a way to edit a podcast. I need to kind of, you know, get some form of equipment. And although you don't necessarily, you can, in many cases, you might just be able to do it off your phone if required, right? But what's actually uh, been interesting for me looking at how social audio is evolving is that it's it makes it so much easier for people to kind of, a, get access to, discover, and just like generally jump onto pieces. It makes it more interactive. Till now, podcasts are still very one-sided. Like you put a piece of content out there and you know someone just listens to it or watches it. Uh, Joe Rogan actually said this on his podcast. He said that what he misses after moving to Spotify is the comments. Mm. He said one of the things he kind of always would drive into was the comments on each of the episodes on YouTube. He doesn't have access to that on um, on Spotify. And I feel that these are things that will kind of come in slowly that you will you will have almost like live comments kind of come in you will have audience members coming in multiple yeah. speakers so the broader conversation driven podcast space might eventually a one chunk of that might just move straight live to this where you know, who knows you might just say that okay guys you want to listen into this episode while it's being recorded um you can jump onto this twitter spaces kind of uh, chat and and that same recording might later be available as a podcast so podcast episode yeah yeah um, it's it's simple enough to do that and it makes it more accessible. And um, I think also interesting tools kind of coming up, right? I mean, I, I remember seeing the Spotify keynote and I was very interested to see stuff like um, how they were co- trying to bring polls into the mix um, and they were going to let you auto-convert some pieces. So um, all the terms you're hearing are stuff you normally would associate with social networks and, and like what they yeah. would always have. But all of that is kind of merging into um, the audio space. And um, again, a whole different uh, category of creator, right? Uh, we've had visual creators so far, but you might, you, you're going to have a whole new breed of people. Um, uh, and I was uh, listening to a fascinating conversation about uh, this group of, uh, of, of women uh, running a clubhouse uh, show, which I, 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 it's called NYC Girls versus uh, Tech Guys, something like that. And what they actually do is it's, they're running a dating show on their clubhouse chat. Where basically anybody can kind of come in, uh, you get a couple of, you get a, I think a, a, a very tiny amount of time to kind of introduce yourself and why you're there and what you kind of would like to kind of, uh, who you kind of like to meet. And you just, it's like that. So there are a lot of people who are meeting each other on that clubhouse, uh, in that clubhouse room and then ending up mm. dating. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting dating format which they've created. And, yeah. and I found that fascinating, right? Like I would have never thought of that as an idea, but that's one of the biggest blow up shows on clubhouse in the US. So um, you never know. Um, some weird shit also happening. If I can use that yeah. word, uh, where um, there's whale moaning happening. There's a whale moaning uh, room in um, clubhouse where people just make whale moaning sounds. I did not. I, I had no idea how that makes any sense. But uh, also, lots of weird content is going to come up like that, right? So um, it's interesting because I think it'll give it, it'll make it more accessible for creation, and uh, it'll also make it. Uh, you'll also come with a whole new different kinds of format. I'm very uh, bullish on it in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And also the other way I see, at least for the right now, right? Obviously, you know, the things that you have said, like, you know, they are definitely coming up and, you know, as we evolve, there's going to be a lot of things happening. 
and but for the right now you know as you said like you know podcast it's kind of a one way like mm-hmm. you put it put the content out and in the youtube like you can instantly almost get a feedback from the audience because there's a comment section and you know that the moment you upload a video and yeah. you know there are comments popping in and you know with the likes and dislikes but you know in podcast like you can never comment and it's just been you know interacting with your audience who kind of text you on instagram saying that hey i really love the episode and they know hey what is it that you liked about the episode but you know generally then you know the people who don't write they won't write you right hey i hated that episode and they just don't do that right so you just don't know why people didn't kind of change so i think this is a clubhouse and twitter spaces for now for podcasters in my view can be a great engagement audience engagement kind of platform yeah, yeah. so you continue doing your podcast but just ask your listeners to clubhouse and then just hang out and just get them to know better and also they will kind of get to know you better and maybe ask you questions so i think that that will also be another really interesting i haven't gotten my head around to kind of get into that because i haven't figured the clubhouse thing so clubhouse i don't know how well it will do in india to be honest um there's still ios only i've done a couple of clubhouse sessions um i find twitter spaces a lot more accessible because it has a few things that clubhouse doesn't which is so mm-hmm. i got into a little trouble rohit my co-founder tweeted saying clubhouse is a feature not a platform i retweeted it and i said i totally agree got a little bit of hate about it because you know, how can you say that it is a new platform all that stuff but if you look at it why i found it so organically simple to have on twitter spaces is that a you already have an audience because you have audience, a yeah. level of following anybody who you follow if they're part of the speakers of it then it just amplifies it immediately right you you suddenly have a wider set but also yeah. it, they've added a few things which i really like for instance you can pull a tweet into a conversation so while it's audio only if you're referencing something and twitter has so much information on it you can pull yeah. a tweet out and say this is what i was talking about and so suddenly people have mm. reference points you can kind of bring it up to yeah and my personal favorite which i which can easily be copied by clubhouse is that um, even if you're a listener you can react to something that's going on by putting an emoji badge on top of your uh, photo which a lot of people were like that's just making it really silly but i'm like it's still you're getting a reaction from the audience without letting them speak and i found that really exciting yeah and i think like you know with zoom introducing the emojis and stuff like that mm-hmm. people you know still do use that even as somebody like you know when i'm doing a lot of zoom sessions then you know it kind of tells me that you know the vibe of the room and what, yeah. how people are perceiving the kind of things that you're sharing right yeah. so varun what would be your number one advice to the people who are podcasting based on your experience or based on your own learning my number one piece would be that uh, make sure i mean i mean everyone says consistency and that's like a given right you have to be consistent you have to play the long game because podcasts are a long game it doesn't happen in like 5 10 15 episodes you're doing like 100 odd and then figuring it out but more than that i'd say that be open to trying stuff out which is my biggest uh, learning is that because at some point if you start feeling stagnant and podcasts can become stagnant if you just continue to do the same thing Uh, so make sure you keep evolving and learning from your audience if you don't build a relationship with your audience and keep being giving them more value you at some point will not be able to scale and your audience doesn't have to be the entire world um if you're a podcaster from college for instance your college itself is your audience right because they know who you are so um start with that kind of focus and kind of learn from them and evolve it um is, is actually the biggest thing i would tell anyone Awesome, Varun. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciated this conversation. So, for people, you know, who want to obviously, you know, reach out to you or learn bunch of things from you, what would be the best possible way? Um, I am at the rate Varun Dugi on Twitter, Instagram. I respond to DMs quite reasonably quickly uh, in all cases. Um, but if anyone just just wants to drop me an email as well, I'm, I'm hellos, which is hello and an S at the end of it. Um, at the rate uh, Varundugi dot com. So, couple of ways to reach me out in that. Definitely, guys, do check out Varun's advertising is dead, and also the new one Varundugi show available on all the major podcast listening platforms. Thank you, Varun. Thank you so much for being on the show. 
Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Podcast Unfiltered is a Wine Studio production. The show is produced by me, Vijay Gautam, and Anushka Pandey is their assistant producer. Shrey Obrue is our audio engineer for the show. You can find other podcasts produced by Wine Studio by visiting our website, wine.studio. That is W-Y-N.studio or searching Wine Studio on your podcast app. I'll see you in the next. Music.